0: Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. Today, we get ready to dust off our whips and fedoras, while we also talk about how Fantastic Beasts can't find that box office magic, Xbox games are going to be as annoying as mobile phone apps, and David Cronenberg is ready to gross us out with a return to the body horror genre. Plus, Natalie Portman brings the hammer down. So, join us as we discuss all this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Geek. Hello, my name is Kev, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things geek centric. We're back with another edition of This Week in Geek, where we look at all the latest news and trailers from the geekverse. Of course, I cannot do this alone, so joining me on the program, we have a couple of Asgardian super goats ready to help me carry this show along the Bifrost <laughs> from one topic to the next. First, he's always smiling... Like, literally right now. So we might as well call him (laughs) Toothbearer. It's Nate.
1: Oh, yeah. For a second, I thought you were going to go with Ass Guardians. I thought that might have come into play. Oh, that would have been
0: good. Damn, I missed. That's a missed opportunity. I'm almost a little upset about that. Next time. Next time. And also, he's always stressed out about working hard to produce the best episodes possible for this podcast, so we might as well call him Tooth Grinder. It's (laughs) J-Law, but you can call him Justin.
2: What's up? What's up?
1: How are we, boys? Good, man. Good. Grinding my teeth. I'm so happy that we got yet another Marvel. How many Marvel things do we need at one time? Are we that? Is everyone turning into me that they just need more and more Marvel stuff? Is that what's going on? You know
0: what? I I think we might be getting to the point of any more might be hard to handle, but I'm certainly not feeling any uh, overload just quite yet. Uh, but you know what I'm, I'm I'm feeling a little overload from? I don't know what the weather where you guys uh, is like right now, but it is currently snowing. I'm talking a what? foot of snow. I'm talking like accumulating on the ground snowstorm as we speak. Uh, and we are like beyond the midway point of April here. Uh, I'm sick of this. I think, you know, after two years of lockdowns and safety measures... And, and then this crappy weather. I am so, so ready to just leave this country for, for a brief second and go on vacation. Uh, I know I'm very excited. I'm going down to the most magical place on the planet. Uh, heading down to Disney for the first time since my wedding in February of 2020. Uh, so that's got me super stoked. Uh, so I wanted to know... If you boys had had reached your threshold, if if you had any big trips or exciting trips planned for for the upcoming future that you're sort of looking forward to as a change of pace.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you're going to the most magical place on Earth. Uh, I'm going to the happiest place on Earth. Going to be heading to Disneyland uh, just in about uh, roughly just about a month away. And I am so stoked. Um, I'm going with uh, with Darcy, friend of the show, brother of Kevin. Uh, that's, that sounds very Thor-like, right? The brother of Kevin. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm stoked. I mean, you know, speaking of Marvel, speaking of the Avengers, Avengers Campus is something I've never gotten to experience. So, um, you know, getting to go to Disneyland, I haven't been to the, the, the land of Disney since I was really young. Um, and so originally I had we had, I think, two days of Disneyland planned uh, and one day of, of Disney's California Adventure. And Darcy was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. We're going to want two days at California Adventure. A lot of the stuff at Disneyland is similar to what you would find at Disney World. And, and obviously we've done Disney World quite a few times. So I am uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And then, I mean, that's 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 it. <laughs> that's a side thing. On top of going to Star Wars Celebration, uh, which we're getting more and more news about, uh, it seems like every single day with different panels coming up, getting to see first looks at possibly you know second seasons of of a lot of the Star Wars stuff that we've been loving recently, and third seasons and Andor series trailer possibly showing up, Jedi Fallen Order two trailer possible. So I'm gonna have a lot to say. Uh, in the next few months, I think we're all going to be actually pretty busy uh, on top of all that. So I'm looking forward to coming back and, and bragging about that trip.
0: It sucks that, you know, we've got one main member of Geekcentric plus, you know, are, are, are you know uh, Darcy's like family here on Geek Centric. Yeah, oh, you yeah. know. So only half the program is going down to the, this version <laughs> of Star Wars celebration. Then it's even wilder that you know you're going down with a Hudson, and it's not me. I mean, I the know. world is just a crazy <laughs> place right now.
1: That's that's how it is. Yeah,
2: it's better that one of the 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 Godfathers of, of geek centric <laughs> is is going to Star Wars celebration. Ooh, Godfather! But, I like that. I'm, I like that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm sad. I'm sad. I won't be able to tag along for for this for this venture because I've never been to Disneyland. Uh, but that being said, I I don't really have any vacation near vacation plans. Uh, I, I I'm gonna probably wait out till, till till a little bit more of this COVID stuffs kind of settles. It's it's happening so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very funny though that you know we live in Canada and we get snow uh, in the middle of April. Like, come on, we're <laughs> Canadian. This this is what we're used to. This happens. I get. Ga- I definitely get it. It's, it's definitely unacceptable. Justin. It. it's yeah. still but unacceptable. But hey, two years ago, two years ago, we were going to Star Wars celebration at this time. And we had a, a an awful snow and ice storm that we had to deal with in the commute to to Chicago. So I get it. it the warm weather was a nice little tease for everyone. It's around the corner. This is probably it. No, but Justin,
1: <laughs> Justin, we've been watching Moot. We've been watching Moon Knight, and they they've got the Ennead in there. There's a ton of gods there. We got Thor. You know, that we're gonna be talking about today. We got lots of gods in that. You know, we got Eternals. There were gods going on in there with all these gods. You think they would talk to each other and sort of be like? Hey, let's you know Canada. Let's give them a little break for a minute away from the 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 snowy weather, right? Like, why don't we just kind of pull back? They've had a rough time with COVID. I don't know. Seems like nobody's communicating.
2: Sure, I guess Mother Nature is is vengeful, and she's reminding us of the damage that she's a a
1: cruel bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you know, speaking of geeky things that we can talk about, we certainly do have plenty on the program. Uh, and so why don't we just start this cruise and take a look at the news?
1: It's all about the details.
0: Alrighty, our first story comes from Adele Anchors at IGN. Mads Mickelson has indicated that Indiana Jones 5 is returning to the franchise's early roots, capturing the original feel of Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom. And I'm sorry, I'm throwing in... Uh, the Last Crusade there, because that was pure, old-school, original trilogy indie. So let's let's give the mm-hmm. that one some love, too. Uh, during an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Mickelson, who is starring in an as-yet-undisclosed role in the fifth indie adventure, revealed a little bit more about what we can expect from Indiana Jones, Jones 5, as he admitted that the next installment will have a similar feel to the first and second films of the franchise-led by Harrison Ford's bullwhip-wielding archaeologist. He went on to say that Raiders of the Lost Ark was one of my favorite films and it just oozed that golden period of serials from the 1940s, and that's in the fifth film as well. Mikkelsen explained, teasing the next installment, uh, that they're going heavily back to the first and second film and getting that original feel, that original indie, something dense and epic. James Mangold has settled up to take the reins on Indiana Jones 5, assuming directing duties from Steven Spielberg, who's on board as an executive producer. Mickelson praised the duo and noted a similarity in the way the two filmmakers approached the franchise, saying it felt like a Spielberg film, though it's obviously James making it with the same vision. Uh, once again, while we don't know much about Mickelson's role in the film at the present time, we do know that Indiana Jones 5 will likely be Harrison Ford's last outing, I think we've heard this before, as the globetrotting adventurer. The movie itself will conclude this iconic character's journey and see part of his history resolved, right after he's dusted off his signature brown jacket and fedora. The film is set to arrive in theaters on June 30th, 2023. Oh, man, I can't
1: believe we have to wait over a year for this. That's crazy, dude. It sounds like it'll be worth it, though. I mean, if they're going back to... You know what Indiana Jones originally was, and were, we're you know we're just almost like a soft reboot in a sense. They're saying that yeah, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull that didn't even happen. Don't even think about it. It's not a thing. Uh, and for them to kind of go go on from this, I just to me it's I, I think I'm I'm mostly interested in the fact that it's uh, James Mangold um, doing it, like directing it. I think he's such a phenomenal director, and it'll be interesting to see how. You know, with Spielberg still involved, how Spielberg-esque it it still will feel, I'm sure it has to because it's Indiana Jones. But if they can kind of find a way to even, I don't know, implement some more, I guess, more modern elements into it, I think it'll be really, really fun. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, I think returning to grassroots is always a big win for, for these reboots. And, and, you know, Nate, you always say it, it's, it's the force awaken, right? And I could Mm -hmm. see something like that very much being the case here with Indiana Jones five to help maybe set up new stories in the, in the indie verse, if you will. Um, (laughs) That being said, you know, I think a filmmaker like uh, James Mangold is, is, is influenced and inspired by Steven Spielberg, which is why he is doing this movie. So this is going to pay the right homage to, I think the movie that helped shape him as a filmmaker while also giving a new breath to the franchise that it's it's welcomed I, I kind of wish the other movie that Mad Melcholson's in uh, would do the same sort of approach with, with the Fantastic Beasts and the Harry yeah. Potter where there's new sort of filmmakers which I'm sure we'll talk about later but
0: we might actually be talking about that <laughs> very soon I did want to say you know um, you know you can see uh, Spielberg's influences uh, most specifically when it comes to Mangle's previous works maybe on Ford versus Ferrari
2: Yes. Um
0: I, I will say with with uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge being part of the cast, I almost wish she mm-hmm. had a hand in in writing just because of what she was able to add to the latest James Bond movie. I think she right. would just she would be able to bring that that fun sensibility to the film that that you know maybe 4 was lacking a little bit in. I'm not sure, but uh Mads Mickelson is certainly a huge boon and and boost to the the franchise.
1: Well, and I mean, come on guys, like how I would be so delighted to be wrong on this, but it's—he's obviously going to be a villain role, right? Like that's what he does. He's a villain guy.
2: Even in uh, Rogue One, your favorite Star Wars movie, uh, mm. you know, he was pegged to be like everyone thought he was going to be a villain, and then when and then it found it, out yeah, that he was, okay. was, was, was a protagonist, like it was—it was—it was like a surprise and delight. So who knows? It could yeah, be. No, it I, could go it, either it's way. True,
0: it could go either way, and I, I'm sure he'll bring it—you know—to the max with with either. Um, you know <laughs> spin he takes with it
1: the the only other thing I wanted to quickly shout out because you talked about the idea of it being sort of like the Force Awakens-esque moving on from this obviously Indy this is his last go we all know it Justin I know you saw a tweet and I saw a tweet and I kind of just wanted to shout it out here I don't know who tweeted it unfortunately I can't shout them out
2: so yeah Jeff Grubb on, on Twitter tweeted out this great idea uh, seeing how Kihei Kwan with all the success and, and the sort of his revitalization of his acting career through everything, everywhere, all at once, that the torch should be passed on to him. The older version of, of him kind of continuing those adventures, which I think is a, is, is a really great idea uh, to, to kind of find a new way to continue telling that story, especially because, you know, depending on how old you make him, like, I think that could work. That, that could would really, work. Bring Short totally Round work. back, dude. Let's uh, yeah. go.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. I almost think, you know, if they're still filming this thing because it's not scheduled to hit for over a year and with the right. success of Everything uh, Everywhere, why not get him into that movie somehow, somehow now you know exactly. maybe maybe they've already thought of it and they're and they're they're sneakily doing it you know there's a lot of secrecy going around the movie they're trying a lot hard to keep plot and everything under under wraps but i mean do you still call it indiana jones or do you call it maybe the adventures of short round right like right. a movie without indiana jones shouldn't be called indiana jones sure. uh, much the same as right like instead of recasting james bond as a woman Come up with a great franchise starring a female spy. So I, I, I mean, right. not quite the same thing, but I mean, yeah, I don't no, I know you. if you can still have Indiana Jones six with no Indiana Jones. That that would that would irk me a little bit, I think. But short mm-hmm. round coming back come is on. what the fans want. It's what the fans deserve. <laughs> well, and, and speaking of what fans deserve, uh, I think the new franchise of the in the wizarding world of Harry Potter might not be quite that Um, our next story comes from Pamela McClintock of the Hollywood reporter who says fantastic beasts, the secrets of Dumbledore can't find magic with a $43 million box office bow. Uh, The story states that Warner bros wizarding world is in trouble on the movie side. Fantastic beasts, the secret of Dumbledore opened to a tepid $43 million at the domestic box office over Easter weekend after earning $20.1 million Friday, including $6 million in Thursday previews. Uh, it's faring a little better overseas, where it opened uh, to $71 million for a global tally of $193 million, um, but uh, you know, that's, that's on a $200 million movie budget. Uh, this is the third installment in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter spin-off franchise, uh, and it lands well behind its predecessors. As franchises become ever more important to Hollywood studios, it remains to be seen whether this particular series can even keep going. In 2016, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them debuted to $74.4 million domestically after earning an A Cinema score. Uh, the second installment, Fantastic Beasts The Crimes of Grind- Grindelwald, came in below that with $62.2 million. Um, and then, which is, uh, you know, down 16% and then Dumbledore came in 30% behind even Grindelwald, both earned a B plus cinema score. Uh, You know, the Fantastic Beasts series has never really caught on in the way Harry Potter did. Complicating matters here, uh, there were plenty of behind-the-scenes drama involving Ezra Miller and Johnny Depp. There was also a slew of production delays due to COVID-19. But overall, do we think this is a case of Harry Potter fatigue? I know we were talking about maybe, is there Marvel fatigue? Is this Harry Potter fatigue? Uh, Does it reflect on audiences being less than whelmed by the Fantastic Beasts series? Or is
1: it something else going on? I think it's 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 definitely that that second one. I feel like, you know, coming off of the strength of the franchise as a whole and going into the first Fantastic Beast, it makes sense why we're seeing this sort of trend downwards in the sense that it's just they're they're not you know, I think people were hyped on Harry Potter coming off of the final movie and then wanted a little bit more and they got it. Why this is how many movies? Five movies, I'm pretty sure, that they're planning for this, it it just doesn't make any sense that they're stretching what was literally it was a book that is like the one of the thinnest books I've ever I actually read the whole thing that's how you know it's a thin book and (laughs) they stretched it out into five movies I just don't understand
0: I saw a great tweet that said you know if this movie franchise was actually about fantastic beasts and where to find them instead of you know this really, you know, unnoteworthy feud between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, it might be something fans actually cared about. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I get that, that this isn't Harry Potter, right? This is the wizarding world. They're mm-hmm. expanding the wizarding world. And what, they're, yeah. what they are trying to do is, is give more life to this, this universe, if you will. Because that is what everyone's looking at, is their IP. What can they create a universe out of? And here you have Warner Brothers really overstretching the wizarding world. This, this movie has a really great cast. Like Eddie Redmayne is, is, is an unbelievable actor. Jude Law is great. And then you have Matt Mickelson in this as well, replacing... Johnny Depp. And then you have Ezra Miller, regardless of whatever's been going on in his personal mental health. He's a good actor. I just think that the execution of this whole story of what they're trying to do here is absolutely horrible. I, I think, again, I referenced it in our last news story. You got to get J.K. out. You got to get J.K. there maybe to provide a story like a George Lucas or or someone that's very behind the scenes that can still be involved as an executive producer. Have some fresh blood, have some fresh thoughts, a fresh approach to the wizarding world for today outside of Harry Potter. You, she told her story. She did that story. Right. So Warner Brothers needs to figure out what they're going to try to do here. Are they going to try to stronghold the movie rights or or what? They, I don't think they can. I, I, I responded to a tweet wondering why. HBO Max hasn't done anything in terms of a series or some sort of spinoff, mm. and the reality is, is that I think it's because J.K. is attached to the creative rights. Like those stories go through her. And I just don't know if that's if that's the the right thing for this. Because if it if this is if this is what it's going to be, then I think it's it's done at Harry Potter, like the mm-hmm. Harry Potter movies and the Harry Potter books.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly going to be interesting to see. I mean, I wonder, is it just that like setting it in 20th early 20th century new york isn't as interesting and magical feeling as being in that you know ancient land of of europe and and it just has that old lived in magical feel to it uh and like i certainly don't think it's a case of like you said justin oh well we need to have harry potter and hermione and ron or we don't care because you know they have another prop uh, property coming out soon hogwarts legacy um, which mm-hmm. will have nothing to do with the characters we're, we're familiar with, but will still be Yo, set that. enough in that world. And I am super excited to see how that game turns out. And, and I, I, I'm i definitely excited to give it a whirl.
1: Yeah, I think I think, you know, the ingredients, it's kind of like Star Wars, right? A lot of Star Wars fans are totally, absolutely fine with, you know, don't get me wrong, they're stoked when... <laughs> When Luke Skywalker shows up in some other uh, other properties. But but, you know, I'm I mean, personally, for me, and I know a lot of Star Wars fans, we're ready to move on from the Skywalkers. we're ready, It's a big galaxy. We can move on. Honestly, you need maybe you need Hogwarts. You need wizards. You need maybe some fantastic beasts, a dragon, whatever. And you can put it anywhere in the world. Give me you know what? In the in the fourth movie, we got to see other schools come in. Go to a different school. That would be awesome. I'd love to see what's going on with the Bo Batten people or the, the Victor Crumbs of the world, right? Like, give me those stories um, because it doesn't, it, it, it again, we just need the, the main ingredients for it. Make it magical. Make it an adventure. And and, but, but I think it's just about getting the right writers behind it who, who aren't just sort of going to seemingly just tank it like this series has
2: again the the school was such a huge part of the harry potter experience it was a character upon itself i I feel like you're absolutely right like to, to to have that missing element from these stories kind of hinders on the experience but You can see how the intent is there to try to build out the world outside of Hogwarts so that it's not just confined to schools and stories that are told with a younger age that need to live in schools and stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I get what they're trying to do, it's just poor execution. They have a stacked cast that's just being really underutilized. And I honestly think that, you know, David Yates, love him for the Harry Potter movies let's let's get another filmmaker in there that that can add some a, a fresh look and a fresh approach to it while still paying homage very much like James Mangold is going to do with... With,
1: with, with Indiana Jones. S- yeah. With yeah.
2: Indiana Jones, right? So I, I just, come on. Like, th- this shouldn't be a series that that's failing. Like you said, Kevin, that game is coming out. Hogwarts Legacy is coming out later this year. And I think that game is going to pop, right? Like, it's going to rip. So people are going to love it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I know I'm certainly excited about that. And uh, you know what? Speaking of video game news... Uh, Let's uh, shift our focus to that world. Uh, This article comes from George Yang of IGN, who says that some Xbox games could soon have more ads as Microsoft is reportedly looking for new ways for advertisers to insert advertisements into free-to-play Xbox games. Uh, this program is reportedly going to launch by the third quarter of this year, according to Business Insider. These ads could show up uh, in such ways as rendered billboards in a racing game. However, it wasn't able; uh, they weren't able to com- uh, be confirmed whether these advertisements would extend to Avatar skins or video ads, that's the one I'd be the most worried about. Uh, Interestingly, Microsoft reportedly doesn't intend to take a cut of the advertising revenue and is more interested in building out Xbox's advertising network and is said to be trying to identify which companies and ad agencies to work with. Uh, Instead, the revenue from the ads will be shared between the game developer and the respective ad company. Microsoft reportedly also has some concerns about the potential backlash. Uh, No kidding. This initiative from consumers could look like as console players aren't accustomed to seeing in-game ads, unlike mobile players. For example, EA placed in-game ads for UFC 4, but removed them after fan outcry. Uh, The company's also worried about securing its customers' data, yeah, again, no kidding, and keeping it out of other companies' hands. As such, Microsoft reportedly has no immediate plans to let advertisers use its data collected from Bing and other sites and software in order to target Xbox players. Uh, Lastly here, a Microsoft spokesperson said in a comment to Business Insider, We are always looking for ways to improve the experience for players and developers, but we don't have anything further to share. Advertisements are currently limited to places such as the Xbox dashboard. In-game ads aren't necessarily a new concept. Former President Barack Obama even hosted in-game <laughs> ads on EA games such as Burnout Paradise, Madden 09, and Skate when he was campaigning to become the next Commander-in-Chief back in 20, uh, 2008. Uh, now, uh, when I first saw the title, I got really, really worried, but this all sounds more like product placement than it does what i originally envisioned being you know you play for a bit beat a level but before you can start the next one here watch this 30 second clip you know um i if i like a a mobile game enough i am paying the three bucks for no ads you know (laughs) i don't want that popping up all the time
1: yeah
2: yeah yeah, for sure. It, it it hinders on the experience of, of what it is. But, you know, to your last point there about Barack Obama, that's cool. But yeah, seeing product placement spread out through a game seems pretty, you know, hand in hand with, with what to expect from the gaming experience. Given even just things like, you know, Grand Theft Auto, right? Like just how many different sort of layers of, of, of eye candy there is that there's r- real estate there for putting those advertisements in there.
1: right? I think, I think if it's done uh, tastefully and, and in a way that doesn't necessarily impact the experience of the game itself in the sense of like, yeah, uh, you know, a sports game and it's on billboards in the background. That's fine. Don't, don't influence your developers, though, to include things just in order to put in product placement. Don't have a moment where they have to pick up a can that's uh, you know, monster energy drink. Don't have a moment where they have to, you know, hold a, a, a Microsoft tablet or whatever. Like, I don't want... I just don't want it to be impacting the storyline. So if it's in the background of a sports game or a racing game, that's not a, that's not a big problem for me. I mean, y- y- you can see why this is... S- you know, such a big deal. Game Pass, you know, in in January reached 25 million subscribers, and so if if this is a way to sort of um, kind of bring in those advertisers, and and they they're seeing this sort of huge opportunity to get in front of those subscribers, yeah, it makes sense. But don't change the games in order to feed me product placement, please. Yeah,
0: I mean, if you can organically fit it into the story, that's fine. I mean, the last few video games I've played really heavily were like Red Dead Redemption 2 and right. you know uh, Assassin's Creed set in ancient Egypt. Uh, so maybe those aren't the, the kind of games they'd be targeting. But even, like you said, Justin, a Grand Theft Auto, a billboard is fine. Uh, even, even if a character needs to use a computer, it can be a Mac. But don't right. have it be like, oh, we've got to get on this mission. But first, I'm going to have a delicious Dorito potato <laughs> chip. You know, that's where that's where it would yeah. really start crossing a line. Yeah, yeah. I, I
2: don't, I don't want to see a Papa John's in an, an Assassin's <laughs> Creed movie, right? So, yeah, or in you know, Uncharted, game, right? Like, or in an yeah, Uncharted, an Uncharted game. <laughs> in an Uncharted game. Yeah. So like, leave that for I, the I, Uncharted I could... movie. I, I feel oh like that might be okay because we got Sony behind that. But, you know, again, <laughs> no. you could see imagine a Papa John's in, in Halo. That'd be great. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but that being said, it, it's it, I I, you, I think you hit it on the head there, Nate. It, it has to be done organically. It has to be kind of fed into the narrative. Like we see people pick up drinks all the time and, and do things and they're usually branded. You know, that is real estate. That is advertising real estate right so but what's really fucked up if we think about it is where that can or that item changes based on who's playing the game based on based on targeted information based on understanding where it's like oh he doesn't like the the monster drinks he's actually more into the diet low calorie so boom they that's the skin oh that's that's freaky (laughs) that's that's where it kind of gets freaky right or or you're talking about something and you know, it, it becomes like a meal that they're eating, right? You know, like it, it's just, or you're right. searching something from from your phone, like that to me is is a little too too violent, if you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, it, and then it even
0: even crossing, even making it worse would be if if there is a product in the game that your character does use, and then all of a sudden on your your we are searching through Facebook and you're getting ads for those products and so now they're finding mm-hmm. a new way to influence you and the things around you even more. I mean, at least they didn't say that it wasn't going to happen, but at least Xbox said we're looking into what these the potential impact of those things might be. So right. it's mm-hmm. it's at least on their radar whether they're they're really fighting hard to prevent it. We'll uh, will certainly uh, we'll need to wait and see. Uh, well before we move on from the news, I did just want to really quickly um, uh, stop for a second and, and take a look at uh, last week we had uh, the passing of two uh, really uh, in- integral uh, uh, people from the world of comedy uh, certainly from from our childhood's growing up um, uh, Liz Sheridan uh, who's best known as playing Jerry 's mom on Seinfeld passed away mm-hmm. at the age of ninety three uh and as well uh gilbert Gottfried, uh for 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 most of us um it he would certainly be most well known for uh playing Iago in aladdin um yeah. you know and and if you have a really raunchy sense of humor, you know what he did with the uh, the aristocrats but we'll we won 't talk about that on this <laughs> program um but yeah certainly uh sad to see i mean especially not especially but you know with gilbert godfrey that 's that's that 's three Really uh, well known, really, really uh, impactful comedians that we've lost just this year. Uh, in addition to Louis Anderson and and Bob Saget, so definitely, definitely, a s- sad times for the comedy world.
2: Yeah, and it was it was crazy to think that when Bob Saget passed away, it was Gilbert Goffrey that was doing all these interviews and talking about Bob Saget, and now he has passed. It was like it's really it's it's kind of eerie to a certain degree, um, but. It, it's. I guess it's just the way, the way life is. It works in in mysterious ways. Because someone posted a photo of uh, Louis Anderson and Gilbert Goffrey and and uh, Bob Saget was together. Yeah, yeah, I uh, saw that. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that this year they all passed away. So yeah,
1: and it, you know it's. Um, I, I I always try to look at like the tweets from the different people that kind of knew them best and yeah just uh jerry seinfeld just putting out the tweet of you know liz yeah. was always the sweetest nicest tv mom a son could uh, ask for reason. wish for so that just that that hit me and and yeah i mostly know her from from seinfeld um but just you know in the sense of just these these comedic legends right i mean betty white as well just recently it it seems to be the the kind of the 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 comedy legends um that were losing uh so seemingly quickly into the year um and then with Gilbert Gottfried I mean just you know they're never going to be able to do Iago again you know what I mean just like that's that's it <laughs> for for that that character and um yeah man I, again I know he had some there was a lot of controversial things that he's he's said and done over the years but it doesn't discount the fact that you know he was a legend within the the comedy world as well and uh, as an actor and a writer and a director so um yeah man i'm i'm that's uh it's it's tough
0: absolutely but i mean i think i think the the approach the attitude we always have on this program is that at least we have the incredible bodies of work that they've left behind to always remember and cherish them by, and 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 both of these 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 uh, talented people have certainly left those for us to to enjoy for years and years to come. Uh, but why don't we move right on? I believe I hear a banjo playing in the background, which can mean only one thing: it's trailer time. <laughs> All right, well, get out your maple syrup and ketchup-flavored chips because Canadian (laughs) sketch comedy troupe The Kids in the Hall is making a return to our screens after a long hiatus. 27 years after the original series wrapped up on CBC, they're headed to Amazon Prime with a new season debuting May 13th. Produced by Lauren Michaels Broadway Video and Canadian production company Project Ten, the revival will see original members Dave Foley, Bruce McCulloch, Kevin McDonald, Mark McKinney, and Scott Thompson reunite for eight episodes. Um, I gotta say, I I know it's one of those like cult Canadian things. Uh, I think it being twenty-seven years old now, (laughs) it it was it was a little before my time. I, I never quite could get into the sketches of the original run but watching this trailer they've really it's not just gonna start off where that one left it it felt of this time the jokes actually were resonating with me in that trailer
1: yeah I mean they're gonna be they're gonna be silly they're gonna be um more based on you know modern things that modern audiences will will find funny but for me it's funny because like I I would be coming at it with uh with Dave Foley um Literally, just knowing him by seeing him recently on Last One Laughing Canada, uh, which, if you haven't watched yet on Amazon Prime, I highly recommend you do. It's really fantastic. Um, but, like, I didn't really know him too much. Um, I think the only sketch I've seen from the show is Bruce McCulloch doing the, um, the I'm squishing your head uh, sketch over and over again. And I just seemingly remember quite a bit of that. And then for me, I'm most excited to see Mark McKinney um, just because seeing him um recently in Superstore in that's Superstore. Right. Yeah. And I'm I'm stoked to uh to see him play someone that's not necessarily Glenn. Um even though I love that character and I hope there's something similar in, in this. But uh, you know what, I like you said, I'm I laughed at the trailer. It looks funny. I'll check it out. Um, I'll have a good laugh. But I, I, I know that there's gonna be some. There's gotta be some some diehards, some kids in the hall diehards out there who are just totally amped about this.
2: Yeah. This 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 is a legacy return for for these guys to be coming in 27 years later, and people always still talking about them. Like I think when people talk about sketch comedy even in the States and SNL and the success of SNL kids in the hall is very much a point of reference for that. And I feel like it's great to bring them back because in some ways they kind of helped infuse and add to that whole sort of style of showing, but also given the fact that they're going to be playing up the sort of skits where they're sort of absent minded, older white dudes who are unwoke from certain situations and each situation feels feels very like from that trailer feels very of today and just things that you'd be like ooh, yeah that just that's not gonna go over well or yeah that's that's a joke that feels very fitting for right now the aesthetic of it too feels very much like a um not not necessarily too sketch comedy like like Saturday Night Live where it's like very live studio audience like on sets and stuff yeah. yeah exactly this is this looks like very much uh narrative stories that are, are being told and and sort of short segments so Yeah, more very, like a key
1: and peel style right like yeah uh, exactly that, that, that is
0: what they did yeah. they were often they were often in, in they were in hundreds of different locales they were never limited to five or six sets that they had to keep reusing right. like you would mm-hmm. on an SNL so it definitely brings it to that I bet I bet uh you know fans of kids in the hall who uh, the only thing they've really had in these 20 Seven years was 1996's Brain Candy, uh, the full length movie, which uh, did not go over so well, at least with critics. Uh, no, this this does look like it uh, it might be a, a bit more successful.
1: I just hope Kevin McDonald uh, doesn't say anything too controversial that gets him kicked out of ever playing Pleakley again from Lilo and Stitch, because that's one of my favorite characters that he's ever done. Uh, so I'd love to see Pleakley come back. <laughs>
0: Right, he plays. He actually also plays a great uh, youth pastor uh, in in an episode or two of that '70s show. That was uh, <laughs> a great little a great little cameo bit that uh, I always really enjoyed. So That's yeah, awesome. I mean, it's it's cool to see these guys get a, another crack at it. And and you'd have to think if if after 27 years they're bringing it back, it must be. A worthwhile endeavor, and not just because of it. So uh, I guess we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, it's uh, just about uh, less than a month away. So uh, Amazon Prime, get ready. Alrighty. Oh God. Our next trailer is <laughs> "Crimes of the Future," an upcoming internationally co-produced body horror film written and directed <laughs> by David Cronenberg. The film has the same name as a 1970 film by Cronenberg, but it is not a remake. Of said film, the film will premiere at the 2022 Keynes Film Festival, where it will be in competition for the Palme d'Or. Oh, you know the hand. I'm sure there'll be lots of severed hands in this movie. <laughs> uh, the movie stars Cronenberg regular Viggo Mortensen, as well as Lea Seydoux, Kristen Stewart, and Scott Speedman. Uh, I will say I never saw the original. Uh, and I can all but assure you I won't be seeing <laughs> this one. You'll never see this one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I think Cronenberg can make a great film. Eastern Promises, History of Violence. But then there's his work in the body horror genre, such as The Fly, Videodrome, The Brood, and a bunch of other disgusting movies. Uh, to say they're not my style is uh, the understatement of the century.
1: Well, speaking of not your style, I mean, not only does this look like body horror, but it looks like art house. Body horror, which is is that's just a double negative for for Kevin. So maybe I'll actually like it. Um, but seeing seeing like you know some kid sitting there eating a clay pot. There's a chair made of teeth and bones, yeah. and a guy with his mouth stitched together with ears on his head. Like. I, I'm. I mean, i mean The time to the see least.
0: is over. The time to speak is yeah. over.
1: It's time to listen. To listen. Um, yeah, I think you know. If you got a chance to check out the international trailer, it does give you a little bit more in terms of what's seemingly going on. There was an article from Deadline back in April. Um, I'll give you a quick description that they they dropped. Uh, Taking a deep dive into the not so distant future, where humankind is learning to adapt to its synthetic surroundings. This evolution moves humans beyond their natural state into a metamorphosis, altering their biological makeup. While some embrace the limitless potential of transhumanism, others attempt to police it. Either way, accelerated evolution syndrome is spreading fast. Saul Tensor is a beloved performance artist who has embraced accelerated evolution syndrome sprouting new and unexpected organs in his body along with his partner caprice tensor has turned the uh, sorry has turned the removal of these organs into a spectacle for his loyal followers to marvel at in real time but with both the government and strange subculture taking note tensor is forced to consider what would be his most shocking performance of all so Ooh, I, I, right, right and apparently bloody disgusting um, I think a little a few months ago apparently they had an anonymous source say that they they saw a screening of the movie and Cronenberg is not holding back like it's expected that in the third act people are going to apparently like leave the theater they're expecting people to have panic attacks watching this like I've not really dived into too much Cronenberg stuff outside of the jokes of hearing about Cronenbergian things in like Rick and Morty and what have you so like have you guys like Justin you're you're, you're more of the art fan Did you, have you watched a lot of Cronenberg uh, stuff?
2: I, I've watched a lot of his stuff, especially in like when I was in university for all the different classes I took, like horror genre, uh, sci-fi genre. He, he's kind of touched on everything. I remember watching Crash in, in an age when I just did not understand what this movie was about. But. I, again kevin mentioned two of my favorite movies that he's done uh, you know history of violence and eastern promises which i think again he knows how to tell stories that have tension and can can feed off of that tension and here he's playing with the visual tension um you know very much like even like fly to a certain degree which really kind of pushes the boundaries of what our expectations of sci-fi and, and and horror it's just kind of that fusion of of those two genres in, in one movie with with a great cast this is probably a, a big you know, as as you were saying, Nate, like in that third act, if people are going to be walking out having panic attacks. I do think this is a big fuck you to the Hollywood industry to just kind of <laughs> do a movie like this that's so intense that may really kind of be speaking to, I think. Cronenberg's so passionate. He always infuses a commentary of what he believes into his films. And I think that he is going to try to be saying something. It I feel like it's, like
1: he- but Justin, I feel like it's, you know, it's Neon, which I know for a lot of people can sort of go back and forth between A24 and Neon. And so, like, I feel like it's going to be one of those movies that, like, if, if we manage to get Kevin to go see it, he'll just come out. He'll be really mad. He'll be really red in the face and just upset that we made him do that, and then and then I'll I'll be coming out of it and be like, I don't know if I really liked it, and then you'll talk me into liking it somehow. Like you you are gonna like find the meaning in this insane movie with these people with ears on their head, and I'm gonna like be like, wait, do I I do like this movie? I will say I'm I'm excited. The only thing I'm probably excited for hearing about um is that Howard Shore, uh, who did the music for the Lord of the Rings trilogy, is gonna be doing the music for this Cronenberg this movie. So it'll be uh I'm really intrigued to see how, how different it is um from what I'm used to with hearing you know most of Howard Shore's music.
0: Uh you know what boys you could offer to pay for my movie ticket for the next year <laughs> and I probably wouldn't take you up on it. So so I look forward to hearing about it in a in a whatcha in a future episode. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll you we'll, know maybe
1: we'll get to review it. We'll try.
0: But speaking of looking forward to Uh, I think it's time to move to our main event. Uh, We've been waiting for this for what feels like years, but it's probably more accurately just a few months. Um, And while it wasn't a full trailer, the teaser gave us so much to get excited about. Of course... I'm talking about Thor Love and Thunder, the upcoming sequel to Thor Ragnarok and the 29th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, films directed once again by Taika Waititi, who co-wrote the screenplay with Jennifer Caton Robinson and stars all of our favorites, uh, including Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, Natalie Portman, Chris Pratt. David, uh, Dave Batista, Karen Gill, and Sean Gunn, Jeff Goldblum, Vin Diesel, and Bradley Cooper, and also introduces some new characters played by Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. An early synopsis of the movie says that in the film, Thor recruits Valkyrie, Korg, and Jane Foster, who is now the mighty Thor, to stop Gore the God Butcher from eliminating all gods. This one comes our way July 8th, and frankly, that is too bloody long to wait.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, yes and no, because again, we were talking about how like, there is so much Marvel that we have between then and now, especially with the Disney Plus series that we're going to be getting into. This looks so much fun, dude. It looks so colorful. I'm actually happy it was a teaser. Guns N' Roses, sweet child of mine, is just perfect to be putting in this. And I loved the, the training montage. Did you see his hat says, like his trucker hat says, strongest Avenger? Like if Disney isn't already in, putting those into production, like, come on, I need one right now.
2: <laughs> At first, I don't know if it really hit me as something to get excited about, right? Mm. Like there's, oh! there's some great visuals, but I think that this is a different story with, with that. Oh! Um I think that I think really uh, the idea is that they're they're trying to, I think, find a way that Thorpe is is kind of changing his ways and and just kind of moving into a, a sort of retirement phase like i definitely get the vibe that this is sort of like a little miss sunshine or or even a hunt for the wilder people if that's a better reference. okay it's just a coming yeah. of age sort of road trip sort of uh style to this story that is of an, of an adventure um I'm I'm wondering if if that's that's kind of the vibe I got from it. It's going to have action. It's going to have a lot of that. But the, again, there's, they subverted all of that to really kind of showcase this is Thor's story. No, I mean, it, dude, is, it,
1: that makes total sense. It's Taika Waititi. It's it's a Taika Waititi ass storyline to have Thor growing, finally moving on from his old life, and then Jane comes back, and he's instantly hit with the fact that like his old love is back, but. She doesn't feel the same way. And then she's like, and also, I'm dying. Like that to me. It's that's a that's a YTT movie even if you remove the superheroes. So I'm I'm stoked for this like more than ever. I think the fact that we get Korg back in this I'm so happy to see that he seems like he's actually going along for the adventure. Um there's so much that I can pick apart from this trailer, but I'll I'll, I'll let Kevin kind of chime in here.
0: Well, yeah, you know, you definitely see Korg on the uh the boat being pulled by the magical goats uh, as they <laughs> yeah. they zip down the Bifrost to visit uh Russell Crowe's Zeus. Uh, I yeah. mean, stoked to see him cram oh, gosh, himself into some, some super tight body armor. I think that'll be a, a treat. Um, I definitely think the teaser might be a bit misleading as to the kind of tone we're going to get for the whole movie. I mean, there is a villain that needs to find his way into this story, and he is trying to kill all of the gods. So I'm not sure if it'll be a happy, upbeat story of self-discovery along on a road trip. For the whole thing,
2: um, yeah, of course not. Of yeah, course yeah, not. You, no, of course yeah, not. Well, it's, gonna know, have, you know, it's gonna have it's gonna have a villain. He's he's a god killer. Yeah. he's gonna be there. But they have subdued this is be all a that. they film. no, for sure. No, it's not gonna be a little light film. But the the reality is, is that if you take a look at the first teaser trailer, they didn't show you any of that. They nope. just leaned into showing you the story of Thor and the sort of journey that he's on because it has been so long since we have seen him since Endgame, and now to see you know a reminder of things that he's kind of feeling before all hell breaks loose so there's a lot of things that are are left out while there's a lot of things that they give you in this teaser to just kind of set it up but i think the most important part is that it's going to be about uh sort of thor finding his way through this
1: and moving on Right, I think that's that's the biggest aspect is he's moving on. You get the the moment where he plants Stormbreaker. It almost makes me feel like one day, like, or he walks away. Yeah, and he walks but, away but when like,
2: the when the Guardians of the Galaxies run yeah. out. He yeah. he turns around and walks. the I other mean, direction.
1: he does grab Stormbreaker to
0: bring with him. It's not like he's leaving right. it behind. He needs to propel the Bifrost. That's how he's doing the Bifrost. Planted- you he him on the boat. Oh, okay, okay, Standing there, right? I think that must right. take place after. Um, I just love that it's, you know, it's been three years, but we've had so much Marvel that it's like, it's been so long since we've seen Thor. That's the, that is the normal time between sequels, yeah. you know, that, that it takes to write and produce and, and film and everything. But because Marvel is just pumping so much out, exactly there so is much such has a happened. world in between. Exactly. It's so crazy yeah. that, that that's so the So it's, ca- it's
2: kind of pushed Thor to the side, especially given the fact that we haven't seen, a. uh, anything up until now which is what 150 days or less till till to the movie comes out uh so i think it's actually way less it's it's probably closer to like no it's about knowledge. 120
0: 120 100 yeah, somewhere in 120. between 120 150 it's like 5 yeah. months away 4 yeah, months so. 4 months
1: i uh i i do just want to shout out though like again going back to um them using sweet child of mine like bright blue sky in the lyrics just plays into the idea of, like, freedom from being a superhero. And exactly. then we get to also see that that love interest on the boat, and she's got that bright blue hair. And I'm just wondering, like, obviously she's going to be a big catalyst for him to go on this sort of pirate adventure. Um, I, I also just want to shout out, like, Natalie Portman, man. Jane Foster looks incredible. She's got Mjolnir back. It's all cracked. I love it. Um, and I'm just wondering if this is... If this is going to be a one and done for her, because, you know, in the comic books, um, you know, Jane Foster gets diagnosed with cancer. And while going through chemo, she becomes Lady Thor. But in doing so, every time she does become Lady Thor, it pushes her progress back. So essentially, it, yeah. it's killing her. Killing her. Um, yeah. And so I'm just wondering if that's going to be their way of sort of saying, OK, not only is our Thor moving on, but we're going to be moving on from Thor entirely just because it it might not be the best thing, unless they find some multiversal way or something that happens in the next Doctor Strange or what have you to sort of cure Jane, or maybe that's part of what Gore is doing or what have you, you know what I mean? Like, they could find a way to continue her. I just don't know if Natalie Portman wants wants to, do to. I, I agree with yeah. you I don't
2: I think she's agreed to come back because she, she has a huge amount of respect for Taika Watiti. Mm-hmm. and I'm sure Taika actually went to her to get her on board for this project because he wanted to close out her story and she was on board for that mm-hmm. so I think it's I think it's it is very likely that this is a a one and done whether uh. Thor decides to just go into uh you know Valhalla and the spirit world be wherever right right he I, I feel like who knows what the future will hold for another Thor to to you know hold the hammer? If if we're seeing Jane, then mm-hmm. we're very likely going to see someone else down the road hold the hammer. Frog you know I mean? Thor, Frog Thor
0: comes back for yep. sure. Let's, 100%. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Uh, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure in the comics, her be, her getting the power, her proving to be worthy, and then because she is worthy, and by holding the hammer, like Odin says in the first movie, that he, those who are worthy get the powers imbued on them. I'm pretty sure that the power of Thor is what cures her cancer. So I'm I'm not... I don't think it's going to be something where she she's Thor until the cancer, you know, leads her <laughs> to, to die or anything like that. But that's an easy character to, now I'm going to go off and do some interplanetary, inter, you know, worldly things and, and not be on screen. But then you could bring her back in five, six years as, for a cameo. Like, I, 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 right. I don't know if this will be the last time we see her or even Thor. Uh, I just really hope they didn't spoil that that moment we first see her. Um, on screen in the trailer here, because those are those are huge pops for a theater. You know what I mean? Like that the Milner whip into Cap's hand was such a huge pop moment that I hope that that isn't her first appearance on screen as the the Mighty Thor. Just because those things should almost be saved for for in the in the actual theater for those experiences.
1: But you know, you know, Kevin, there's going to be the next trailer is going to have Zeus. Russell Crowe is going to be on screen just like laughing or something, and it'll be uh, the final cut of the trailer. And then we're going to get Gore the God Butcher revealed as well, and we'll, we'll see him in there. Like, I, I agree. I don't want necessarily like the, the intro segment in there, but... Marvel trailer is going to Marvel trailer, you know what
2: I mean? Yeah. That's just out. They just always how it goes. They, they're yeah. so smart. Yeah, for sure.
0: They know what they're doing. I'm not too worried yeah. they're they're blowing their load in a teaser trailer. They have plenty plenty up their sleeve.
2: And and I think that that's why it was a smart move to downplay this teaser trailer a little bit more with a uh story-centric focus rather than an epic sort of Marvel connected, Yeah. T- yep. Teaser trailer that kind of pounds home this like, oh my God, can't wait for Thor and like giving us gore, the God Butcher. Like I'm I'm glad that they held back on that. And again, the teaser trailer just does a really good job to show how the story is going to be about Thor's journey through this, right? And and then we'll get that next big meaty trailer that's going to kind of fill out some of those more epic moments that, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel uh, as, as soft.
0: Well, I'm just excited to see how something like Moon Knight... Now that we're dealing with, with new gods and everything like that, which is I think gonna be a pretty big focus of this movie is is the slaying of, of gods. And I think Moon Knight coming out before this is very intentional to set up these these yeah. earthly gods in addition to you know, the Asgardian ones and then the the, 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 the Greek pantheon of gods and everything like and, that and, and, that
1: and the eternals introduce. with with like the right, the airish of the world and stuff
0: yeah I, I, and so it, and, and so it'll be very exciting to uh to see where that goes uh i'm sure between now and july we'll we'll definitely get at least one epic massive you know raise the the hair on your arms trailer but uh i don't know just you, you're you're so underwhelmed compared to my excitement <laughs> after that i i saw that it got i just dropped don't know. And I, I just went woo
2: yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited that it got dropped. But I, I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't like get hyped for this movie. It was right. a soft sort of like, hey, this movie is about Thor. Is there's going to be well, some stuff that it, his he's name have is to in the title? Through. Of course, it's about. him. <laughs> I know, but it's not. It's not just. It, again, you know what I mean, though. when I say, like, it could be a whole scale of epic teaser right. that is just that is just pushing like the visuals and trying to show. It, it does show a bit more of this sort of. Core of this movie being yes, Thor, right? Not the not this the, the sort of epic what it's doing for the multiverse, and right? What for, it's the doing for the Marvel Cinematic universe, universe, yes. Cinematic universe. Exactly. I don't, I don't universe. necessarily it's, care
0: about that. I just want to see a Taika Waititi Thor movie, and this teaser shows that it is going to be totally. a Taika exactly, yeah. Waititi Thor movie, yeah, and that's uh, that's, yeah, exactly. that's what I want more than
2: anything. Yeah. Hunt for um, the Wilder People, Thor style. I totally. Agree. <laughs> oh no, <it's, laughs> t- I, I don't think it's going to
0: be nearly <laughs> that subdued. <laughs> uh, but that wraps it up for another edition of Trailer Time. Uh, before we wrap up the program entirely, why don't we shift over to Whatcha and find out uh, what you guys have been watching, playing, reading, anything like that. Justin, you want to uh, start us off here? Whatcha been up to?
2: Well, I uh, I, I, I checked out our, our the show that we were talking about last week, Outer Range. Okay, perfect. Uh, that's that's what I was Brolin. going to
0: talk about this week as well.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I checked it out on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, I liked it. I liked the first two episodes. They're they're definitely giving you more right off the bat. Like two episodes in and you know, there's a lot of questions still, but they're You think they've given us anything? Bat.
0: They haven't given us anything. <laughs> Based on the trailer, I, like I have more questions than I could possibly handle right now. Well,
2: I I don't I I, I I'm going to say this as much. It's not aliens, but it's time. That's that's what I think it is. I don't yeah. think it's aliens anymore. Ooh. I think it's time so i think that it's it's very lost nate oh i'm in lost with cowboys exactly lost cowboys there you go um so (laughs) i i don't i I feel like they're they're just not they're not holding back like in episode two at at the end there um I, i thought like okay like this is this is wacky like what is happening right so
0: yeah i mean they're 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 certainly answering questions, but for every answer we get there's eight more, and I mean, they have to start showing us some you want. things, and so, yeah. and so by the end of that second episode sure, they show us something but it's not like, it's like, oh, I see where this is going, I'm like, okay, now I actually no. have less of an idea less. about where this show might be going uh, I posted a little tweet about watching it over the weekend, and I said, my synopsis for the first two episodes and I had a, a gif of Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec singing The pit, I fell into the <laughs> the pit <laughs> uh, um, that's that's all i could think while watching it but uh no there's some some great performances by uh certainly josh brolin and then uh so good. Poot. Uh, she's really really great and creepy and mysterious and yeah i'm i'm almost bummed uh, this is a, a once a week sort of endeavor now because this feels very very binge worthy and i think i would have spent oh. my entire sunday hammering through this one. So the thought of waiting for another week has kind of got me itching.
2: Sure, yeah. I Actually, I think that that's a great way to kind of pull at the thread of the mystery box and keep you wondering. So I think that the first two episodes do a really great job of at least setting up the weirdness and setting up a groundwork for what to anticipate while also like you said Kevin just questioning everything you think and, and whatever you're seeing cuz there is such a balance and and I love shows that do this where it's like they're giving you some answers and, and then they're they're kind of holding back on things right or they're raising more questions we we talked about it even with with Moon Knight in our watch clubs right like how it's how it does seem to answer things without really trying to go full-fledged and leaving mystery around certain things so i think it's doing a great job i'm i'm excited to see where it goes
0: yeah, and I mean, we joked when we talked about it last week that I was I was joking. Oh, this is you know Yellowstone meets Nope, and uh, I'm happy to say it's not that at all, and it's going to be something okay. completely different, which is which is excellent. So uh, definitely go check that out. It is streaming now on Amazon Prime. Uh, but Nate, how about yourself? Whatcha?
1: You know, I've been. Uh, I think it's really cool when. You know, these shows uh, and these series can bring in bring in people who might not necessarily be uh, originally interested in what they're what the shows are centering around, but because they're so dramatic and the way that they're retelling these stories. Um, you know, I'm not a huge sports fan, but obviously winning time has been such a delight oh, yeah. to watch week to week. Um, I've really been enjoying that. And again, I'm not a huge basketball or Lakers anything. But I've just, I've really found it so fascinating to the point where I've been like reading stuff about it and, and looking up stuff about it. It's, it's been, uh, it's been really good. That's not necessarily my watcha. I do have another watcha, but Justin, what, you look like you want to say something winning time.
2: Well, we should, we should definitely do a finale discussion. When oh, I drops. would
0: definitely, I would definitely sit down to talk about the whole series. Cause yeah, yeah. I knew I was going to, I knew I was going to be interested. It's such an interesting time in the basketball and it's such an interesting story, but the 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 presentation that what they're how they're telling this story has just been riveting stuff. I've really been enjoying it. I'm actually probably when we wrap this podcast going to go and watch uh, the the latest episode and I'm stoked to do so.
2: Yeah, no, and and I think again, you called it out, the basketball, the sports, that's what draws you in cuz you're very interested in that history and and what it's done for for the game itself. Uh, I think for me it's the presentation knowing that Adam McKay's behind that and the way that this really does have an Adam McKay style but it it's done in a producing capacity so good. I actually watched the latest episode uh, just before we recorded and it was great. So
1: dude, I'm I'm stoked to keep watching it but I you know like I was saying like again, I'm not huge into sports. I'm also not huge into like the corporate structure of companies but I've honestly really been enjoying we crashed on Apple TV plus. It's uh, you know it's got another transformative role with Jared Leto as Adam Newman uh, and and Anna Hathaway as his wife Rebecca Newman and uh, Kyle Marvin as Miguel McKelvey who they, all, they ultimately they started this company um, called We work uh, quite a while ago now. Um, and it just it sort of just shows how, there's. They started as a small startup, and then they get. They almost get so big. It's like the whole aspect of like, who's that guy that touches the sun or whatever? What's that guy's name? Icarus. <laughs> Icarus. Icarus. Yes, exactly. They, Speaking of, they fly of, too it, close to it. They right. fly way too close to the sun, and they become incredibly narcissistic. And it's just interesting watching the show and sort of, you know, you almost usually you want to root for your main characters, but as each episode comes out. I'm hating them more and more and more mm, and more and frustrated good. by them more and more and more just based off of the things they're doing and the ways they're acting that are just completely tanking mm. you know, this company. And there's so many great people that work for them that are unfortunately just these sort of bystanders. And it's just really interesting to to sort of watch week to week. I highly recommend, uh, if you have the option opportunity to watch it, it's not going to be one of those shows you know that's going to sort of catch you and be like i have to watch the next episode i have to watch the next episode but it's been honestly it's been interesting enough to the point where i've i've sort of even looked looked into the actual history and where adam newman is now and um yeah, i i definitely recommend we crashed gotta check it out nice well
0: that is it for this week in geek uh hopefully as we continue to grow and 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 Bring you more content. We don't grow too fast and, and it gets to our head and, oh, and I'm we, already there, we suddenly dude. implode. We <laughs> we wanna we wanna be coming at you week to week and, and episode by episode for a long time coming. Uh, thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review. We always appreciate the love. And also, you can always reach out and say hi, ask us questions about any of the news or trailers covered today. Are you more stoked about Thor than Justin? Just kidding, Justin. Um, uh, let us know. You can hit us up at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com, or if that disgusts you more than Cronenberg's fascination with body mutilation, hit us up on Twitter at geekcentricYT and Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content with new content always coming your way. Our latest ongoing Watch Club series for Disney Plus's Moon Knight is coming at you every single week and just like the show you're listening to right now this week in geek we're coming at you every week with the latest in news movies and trailers but until next time Jayla Nate thanks for joining me for this week in geek and as we say love ya get home safe guys
2: peace